Well, I'm excited about today and uh, excited about what comes after today. We get to go to the house and then we we'll grab about to eat. We're going to go to my house. We're going to grill out and all. everybody's going to come over. We're going to hang. We're going to honor the moms. And um, I told Heather that I would go to the grocery store and buy everything, cook everything. She's like, uh, nah. <laughs> but I'm trying to talk her into it. I, I think I can. I think I can. But uh, I want to preach a sermon today that the Lord laid on my heart entitled Mama I'm Coming Home and uh, it, it was kind of a funny title to the sermon but as I got to thinking about and it's Proverbs 31 25 through 31 which uh, Proverbs 21 is a pretty famous chapter in the Bible because it talks about the strong woman and it's one of the most if not the most prevalent scripture when you're talking about womanhood and what it means to be a good woman and you know how uh, she does her daily affairs and the things like that and so it's a fairly um, well-known uh, passage of Scripture. But when I, when I started to read and I was just doing all types of different things and looking and what, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And, and if you think about the life of a preacher and me uh, having the task of preaching God's word and following God's lead and doing what God is calling me to do and, and teach what he's following me to teach, it's kind of hard sometimes to figure out what exactly he's wanting me to do because what I don't want to do is just open up the Bible and go to a scripture and say, okay, I can, I can get a three-point sermon out of this because I could do that anywhere in the text and it's not that hard at all. I can't do that. I can't mentally, spiritually, I can't do that. I have tried to do that before and every time I do that, he just throws one on me last minute in the service because it's got to be what God leads me to do. So it's kind of awkward sometimes when you fall on holidays like Mother's Day or Father's Day or Independence Day or Fourth of July in every church across America almost, not every, you ride by and you see the signs and they you know they all have titles that have to do with that holiday can we knock some of that reverb out of this i don't know if you can do that or not but um they have to do with the holiday well i'm thinking you know well what if god's not wanting me to preach on freedom or independence on independence day what if he's got a lesson on something else well you know i and, and i made the decision early on that and i've made that mistake one time i pre you know it was a certain holiday i can't remember what it was and I felt like I had to preach on that subject, whether it was Mother's Day or whatever it was, I can't remember. And so I did. And after that service, I felt like I had disobeyed God because I can't let, I can't let the American calendar dictate what I preach on Sunday mornings, right? Amen? And so uh, sometimes they line up, sometimes they don't. But this, 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 this morning's sermon did. And I think I, said, I, think I know why is because last week I told you, you know, it's kind of, it, it gets chaotic sometimes in life and um, you know, with, with summer ramping up and amping up and, and, you know, the kind of work that I do uh, coming in full force and we're running like crazy and I don't have the time that I did in the winter to spend, you know, uh, doing the things in, in my family that I need to do and just running crazy, being too busy. My wife and I have kind of had this tension between us and it's been uh, largely in part because of me and I've just been aggravated, I've been frustrated, I've been overwhelmed and the Lord really convicted my soul, you know, as I was preparing this week and as I was reading, and I'm looking over different texts, you know, all over Scripture, and just, you know, Spurgeon said the way that he uh, figured out what he was going to preach is that he would get into the Bible, and the first word, the first verse, uh, the, the place in the Scriptures that lit him on fire, that's where he would smoke. And so that's what I try to do. I try to read, and when God says, there, you know, I'm like, you know, that's, that's where I want to be, right? 
And so he did that this week, and he did it in Proverbs 31, 25 through 31. And what I, what I felt like he was telling me to do is, like, Brandon, you need to slow down. You need to take a step back, and you need to get back to where you need to be. And as I was putting things together and trying to listen to the Lord, and it's kind of a weird process, but he was telling me, he was saying, you know, I want you to look at a small child and how they relate to a mommy. And I want you to ask yourself, do you treat your wife with that type of love and that type of respect and that type of honor? You know, not, not always, because some kids are crazy and, you know, they, they blast mommies. But if you look at those mo- moments when that child climbs up in that mommy's lap and it's like, this is where I want to be. And so this sermon this morning uh, is really a repentance for me that I need to do better. And, I've, you know, I've talked to my wife about that. And it's not like I'm, you know, doing anything crazy, but it's just that tension. And I don't want that. I, I've talked to her about that. I want us to be, you know, on the same page, you know, not have that tension, not have that Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, sometimes you're just like, ah, 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 you know, it's just hard. This life's just tough sometimes. You're trying to work those things. I do marriage counseling all the time. I'm like, who's going who's gonna to help me when, when my, you know, I get some tension in my marriage or you get some tension in your marriage? Every one of us, every married couple in here, you know, and we need to go back as men and we need to say, how are we treating our wives? How are we treating the mothers of our children? Are we lifting them up? Are we making their lives easier? Are we making their lives better? Are we making a refuge for them at home? And these are some of the questions that the Lord started asking me. And I had to repent this morning. I said, uh, you know, Lord, I've got some work that I need to do. And I've, and I've told that to my wife. And I need to do better. We all need to do better. Let's pray before we get into the sermon. We're going to read the text and we're going to... We're going to honor some mommies in here. Lord, I thank you, God, for uh, opening up my eyes to some things that I needed to see. And, Lord, I pray that I would be a better husband, that I would be a better daddy. God, I pray that I would help my wife to be a better mommy, to be the, the, the mommy that you intended her to be, God. And I know that in the situation that husbands are with wives, a husband can hurt his wife and make it harder, or he can help her and he, he can make it easier. And so, God, I want to be that husband that, that comes alongside of his wife and, is, and he lifts her up and he, and he encourages her and, uh, you know, the, just, just makes everything easier. God, I pray that, that I would add to uh, her her peace and not take away from it, God, that I would add to her fulfillment and her joy and that I wouldn't be in hindrance to it. God, I pray that I would be uplifting to her and I just want to honor her and love her and serve her and I want to do it with a glad heart. And I've got so many things in my life that keep me from doing that sometimes. And so, God, I want you to help me. Please, God, help me to be selfless. Help me to be humble and help me to not look to my own needs all the time, but to look for hers and for my children, for those around me. God, help me to be last. God, help me to know that they, that you must be first, but that they must be right there, God, more than me. God, help me to be the man that you want me to be. Help me to honor these mothers. Help us this morning as we read the text to honor you and to honor them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in Proverbs chapter 31, verses 25 through 31, and the text is uh, the, the title is Mama, I'm Coming Home. And what I want us to look at this morning is some ways that we need to come back to where God wants us to be. We need to come home. We need to come to the place where God designed for us to live as husbands, as sons. We need to come into a place, as daughters, we need to come into a place to where we are coming to lift them up, to do what God has called us to do, to to be the husband, to be the son, to be the daughter that God has called us to be so that we can uplift our wives, that we can uplift our moms, that we can help them to be everything that God called them to be. 
I've got a couple of scriptures for you that'll set the foundations that I'm not just rambling on about being better or anything like this. What I, what I want you to see is that husbands especially, I'm kind of aiming at you tonight, this morning, and what I want you to see is you have a key role, now listen to me, husbands, you say, well, this is supposed to be a Mother's Day sermon, get off of me. <laughs> Husbands, this is a Mother's Day sermon, so I'm going to beat up the husbands so that they'll love the wives more, okay? Husbands, you have a key role. It is, your it is one of your responsibilities to help the wife become who God has called her to be. God has called you. It is your obligation and your responsibility to lead your wife to where she needs to be, to help her to become who God desires for her to be. It's my job and it's your job. You are called by God to do this. You say, I don't, I don't know about that, Brenda. She, she's just another kind of crazy and I don't know if I'm that good. Well, at the end of the day, God said, I will strengthen you in your time of trouble and your time of need. I will, I will give you what you need to be who I've called you to be. We're going to look at that a little bit next week as we look at the book of Judges. But what I'm telling you is, is that God has called and equipped you to help her reach her calling and her equipping. Let's get into the scripture. The first scripture I want to go to is in actually the scripture that we're going to be breaking down, but it's the last one. It's Proverbs 31, 31, and it says, Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. A lot of the times, men, we rip the fruit out of her hand. And we refuse to let her be praised in the gates because we belittle what the wife does. We think that men are so important, and men are important. But I'm going to tell you right now that women are just as important, if not more. I'm telling you right now that if it wasn't for women, we would none of us be here. None of us would be here. A woman's job, a woman's calling, a woman's responsibility and the way that God made her is absolutely essential and she deserves everything that God has called her to get. And I want to tell you right now, husbands, that you have a responsibility to see that she is fed, to see that she is taken care of, to see that she is not underappreciated, belittled and beat up. You know, a lot of the times, and it's true in my life, I might think or complain about my wife, or I might see uh, something else going on, and I might see a husband complaining about his wife, complaining about this, complaining about that, and at the end of the day, I'm looking at it, and God's convicted me, and I'm looking at that situation going, she's struggling, and she's not who she needs to be, largely because of you, but you're complaining about who she's not. Isn't that tough? You know, we look at our wives and we say, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And a lot of it is because we have done that. Is your wife upset? Why is she upset? You know, I have a hard time, and my wife knows this, and it's, it's, I have a hard time with anybody crying. And it goes back in large part, I th and I think a lot of men have that issue, but it goes back a lot to some of my childhood experiences when I would cry and, and want this and want that and it just wasn't there for me. You know, it's like crying does no good. Why are you doing that? So it's really hard for me and women cry a lot. Yeah, and Wesley does too. I mean, some of the men in here do too. 
but I have such a hard time. And, and I know, the problem is I know in my mind that I should not say this, but it's like, please come backwards. <laughs> and they just reach around and smack me in the face and like, you're a fool. <laughs> because I'm like, why are you crying? What's that going to do? You idiot. What is wrong with you? Why did you say that? Even if you were thinking it, why were you so stupid to say it? And I would go in the bathroom and look in the mirror. You're, you're dumb. You're stupid. What is wrong with you? You make your life so hard and you made her cry even harder. Isn't that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wish you would stop crying. So I'm going to make you cry harder, right? Isn't that dumb, babe? That's stupid, isn't it? She's like, yep, yep. You, hey, preach it, brother. You know? <laughs> Listen, I need to do a better job of giving my wife her fruits. How many of us are guilty of this we come home and we was thinking that we would want this to be done or that to be done or whatever and she's she's done a lot she's done a lot she's been you know she's worked hard all day that that all day long or maybe she's a stay-at-home mom and she's done this all day long and and we come in and we say well why didn't you do this and she's got a whole stack of stuff she's done over here and you know it would have been such an honor and such a blessing to her if we would have come in and said Thank you for doing this, and we'll, I'll help you do this. You see how we tear our wives down? We tear our wives down, and then we're wondering why they're down. Oh, man, that just stabbed me right in the heart. Kayla, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I am convicted up here right now. We need to give her of the fruit of her hands, and we need to let the works praise her in the gates. Listen to this one. This will smack you even harder. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, listen to this. You want to say, Brandon, I, you know, you're reading a little bit into that. You know, you're reading a little bit into that. I don't know if you can get that from there. Okay. I, I think, you know, I can draw that out of there. You know, I think that's exegesis, not eisegesis. But I'll, let me tell you, I'll take you to a more direct one. Ephesians chapter 5, my go-to, baby. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay, there's, there's that one. You ought, your, you ought to lay your life down for your wife. But listen to what it says. This is the why, so that or that. If you see a so that, that's because this is there so that you will understand why he said that. So he said, lay down, husbands, lay down your wives. Oh, lay down your wives, yeah, that would be good too. Woo! Amen! <laughs> husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I don't even know where that came from. Lay down your wife. That, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. He says, husbands, love your wives. Just like Christ loved the church, he laid his life down for her so that, he did it so that she would be presented to God in all of her majesty. Beautiful. So let me ask you, are you loving your wife like Christ loved the church and are you laying your life down for her like Jesus did so that she would become better, spotless, without wrinkle, a wonderfully beautiful array of, of, of joy and just fulfillment and peace? Or are we tearing our wives down? You see, you are called to make your wife's life. Are we doing it? 
Let's get into Proverbs 31. That is my foundational verses. That, are, that is the scripture's foundational verses that I have drawn from to show you husbands and sons and other men in here that you have a responsibility to lead women, to, to help honor them, to, to, to be poured out for them, to lay your life down for them so that they would come into their calling. Okay? Does everybody agree with that? You agree that you're responsible for that? There's like three of you. All of you other, what is wrong with y'all? Do you agree with that? Yes. All right. That's the word of God. I hope you do. All right. So we're at Proverbs 31. I'm going to give you a couple of good scriptures here, and then we're going to call it a day. All right. You go home and love your, your mom and love your wife. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, starting in 25, it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the, at the time to come. Basically what the Bible is saying is, is that a strong woman is, is, is clothed in strength and clothed in dignity and she has all of this, all of this, this, this comfort, this, this charisma. She's, she's, she's lifted up. And I'll tell you right now, I can tell the difference between when I'm, I'm loving my wife well and when I'm loving her like Jesus loved the church, I can tell the difference in just the way that she walks and the way she carries herself. And the stupid thing is, is that that I, I'm not, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, you know, sometimes my mind is working, but my hands aren't. And so I'm looking, and I'm going, why are you so upset? Or why are you being so negative? Why are you being so whatever? But in my mind, I know that I can be a huge part of this solution. Just like I was probably a huge part of the problem. Now, I'm not always the problem. Sometimes it's just life, right? Life happens and it's stressful. It's stressful for me. It's stressful for you. It's stressful for you. Sometimes it's just stressful and it's just tough. And so sometimes I come into that situation, I'm like, why don't you just get over it? And I talk to my wife like I talk to another man. Now, it's okay a lot of times I talk to other men like that. So, you know, one of the guys come into work, you know, they're like, I don't feel like being here today. I'm like, suck it up, dude, or go home. You know, I, I can talk to those guys like that. You know, maybe I shouldn't all the time, but... You know, we can, we can bang each other around like that. First Peter talks about a man's not like a woman. He's like a clay, he's like an iron skillet. You know, you can beat it up, tear it down, knock it around. He's tough as nail, you know, but a woman is not. She's be easy with our wives. And, and though my mind works in that way, a lot of the times she comes into my presence and instead of lifting her up and reminding her of how strong she is and how, how much dignity she has and how, how worthy she is in Christ's eyes, I, I strip her of her dignity and I strip her of her strength and I, and I leave her there alone. You ever do that to your wife? Yes, you do. You ever look at your wife and say, what's wrong with you? That was a stupid remark. Why will you even say that? We say, how can I help you? How can I do that? Two questions on verse 25. It says, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. The first question I want to ask you and I'm asking myself is, are we stripping them of strength and dignity? And the second question in this verse is, are we turning their laughter in the morning? It says that they laugh. It says this is a strength and dignity of her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. It means that she's comfortable. She's not worried about the time ahead. She's not worried about what's coming. She's laughing at what's down the road. She's not worried. You see what I'm saying? Is that she's comfortable, she, she's, she's good where she is, she's strong, she's got dignity, she's not worried about the time to come, she's comfortable where she is, she's, she's, she's solid. And I gotta ask you men, husbands, 
Wives, is that you? Are you being torn down? And, and let me tell you something. Some of you ladies in here don't have husbands. And some of you, your husband's is trying as hard as he can, but it doesn't matter what he does, you won't receive it. This is why God has said, wives, submit to your husbands. You see, this is a two-way street. Husbands, you need to be leading like Christ led. Wives, you need to allow your husband to lead. You got some husbands in here who are really trying, but the wife won't let him lead. You got some husbands that, that won't try at all, and the wife is ready to be led. You got to work together. We've got to work together. Are you lifting her up? Are you, are you reminding of her of her strength and her dignity? Or are you turning her laughter into sadness and worried about what's coming tomorrow? The ladies in the room need to be able to trust us to build them up. Ladies thrive on security. Thrive on security. Does your wife wonder whether you're going to be angry at her the next day or whether you're even going to be there? She will not be happy. She will not be comfortable. She will be, she will be torn down. She will feel weak. She will feel utterly destroyed. She will not laugh at the times to come, but she will weep and mourn, wondering what tomorrow will bring. Let's be there for our wives. Look at verse 26. It says, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She opens her mouth with wisdom and, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I'll tell you right now, what I've learned over the years is that my wife has so much to bring to this relationship. And I'll tell you right now, she has so much to bring. And this is not just about my wife. I want you to know this is about all women. My wife brings so much to me as an individual that it really pours out in here. Because I jokingly say, you know, when I say something real stupid, I'll be like, look at my wife. You know, she'll be like this right here. But if it wasn't for her, I would probably say some really stupid stuff. I mean, what I say in here is really tamed because she's here, okay? And because Jesus is watching. Our wives are really wise because they bring another kind of wisdom. Men are... Men are stupid in a lot of ways, but they, they can be really wise too. But their wisdom is, it really comes in a different form. It comes in a different way. It's very, it's very straightforward a lot of the times. It's very harsh a lot of the times. It's very, it's very rough. And, and men can be different and women can be different. I know some women who are just brazen and just smack you right in the mouth, you know. But in general, you know, women are much more compassionate than men are. This wisdom comes from different angles, and what we need to do is we need to embrace one another in the different ways that we are led, the different ways that we talk, the different types of wisdom that we can tap into. My wife helps, me, helps keep me straight a lot of the times. And what we've got to ask ourselves, two more questions, or another question here on verse 27, it says, are we ready to listen? And the second question is, are we harsh in silence? You know, some of us think just because we're men or because we might be the breadwinners or because whatever, that you just need to be quiet, woman. You need to shut up. You need to stand over there. Let me, I can handle, let me do this, and you won't listen. But you're not wise for that. You're not wise for that. We believe at this church in, in uh, what's called complementarianism, and what we believe is that that men and women are completely equal as far as value goes, but they just have different functional roles. So the man's not any more important than the woman, and the woman's not any more important than the man, but both are equally important. They just have different roles. 
God equipped them to do different things. And a man has a role of this and a woman has a role of this, but both are equal. Both are very valuable. Both are equally valuable, and we need both. So you can't just say shut up because if you do, you just told the right side of you to shut up, and you're walking around one-handed. And you can only do half the work. We need to be uplifting to our wives. We need to have our ears open to listen because she has great wisdom. Now, at the end of the day, I do believe that the husband is the leader in the family. He is called to be the leader. He is held responsible when he stands before God. When God came back to the Garden of Eden after Eve was the one that sinned. She was the one that was deceived. She was the one that took the fruit, and she was the one that led Adam into sin. But when God came back to the garden, what did he say? Adam, where are you? The man will be held responsible because you are called to lead your family. And you know what Adam's sin was? Everybody says, well, Eve was the first one to sin. No, she wasn't. Adam was. How? Huh? Oh, my gosh. Out of the mouth of babes. Hence, he just said because he was responsible because he was supposed to look after her. Preach it, brother. You want to come on up here? I got this mic right here. He's exactly right. See, Adam should have been like Jesus when Satan came to tempt in the, in the desert, in the wilderness. When Satan came to tempt, what did Jesus say? Every time the devil tempted him, he said, no, for it is written, for it is written, for it is written. See, Adam should have been right there in front of his bride, not belittling her, not calling her stupid, but he should have slid her up behind him, not because he's more valuable, because he's willing to lay down his life, and he should have drew the sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth, and said, back, Satan. We would have never been in this predicament. It was his sin. That's why God came back. And I tell you all of that to tell you this, is that husbands, you need to lead your wives, but you need to listen because you need to work together with your wife because God has, he has imparted gifts to her and he has imparted gifts to you. And she is worth listening to. I promise you that. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaching of kindness is on her tongue. The question that you must ask is, are we ready to listen and are we harsh and silencing? How many of us are harsh with our wives? See, that's my problem is, is that I'm, too, I, I'm around guys too much. You know, I'm, I'm you know, just, I need, to, I need to remember that my wife's not like them. That's just simple. That's just simple. I need to remember she's not like them, and I need to come in, and I need to hug and love and, and caress. And, you know, I'm just a brute sometimes, and I'm just stupid. I don't, you know, I need to do better. So verse 27, let's, let's, let's move on here. It says, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at, at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She looks well, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Let me ask you, let me ask you, go ahead and pop up the, the two here. Let me ask you, are we appreciative of her, of her hard work? Are we overbearing and expecting? You know, a lot of the times when I've heard it, I've heard it said and, and it happens, I'm sure, really, really often that a woman that stays at home doesn't really work. I heard a grunt somewhere. Huh? Who said that? I got a knife right here. Well, cut somebody. But if you've ever, if you've ever stayed home with your kids, especially if you've got three boys all day long, yeah, and you were looking for a piece of rope about five foot long, you know that your wife's job is extremely difficult. And a lot of the wives in the room, a lot of the mommies in the room, they work all day long. 
And they still have to be there for those children. And they work and they work and they work and they work. And we come in and as men sometimes we just are expecting and overbearing and unappreciative. And we tear her down. We tear her down. The Bible says that she looks well. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Men, are we contributing to that? Are we making the workplace? Are we making that home? Are we making that, that place where she just pours out and pours out and works so hard and gives of herself? Are we making it a place of, of, of victory, a place of, 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 of just wonderful blessing, or are we making it a dreadful place? How many of you have ever had a job that you just hate? If you work for me, do not raise your hand right now, Okay. How many of you had a, you ain't got to raise your hand. Every one of us have had a job that we hate doing. And hopefully all of us have had a job that we enjoy. Now, some of us have had the exact same job. I know Mark has been a, you know, he sells boxes. He's sold boxes at several different companies. And I've been walking through this with him now for quite a while. And I've seen him go to companies where he's doing basically the exact same thing that he was over here but he hated his job over here, and he loves his job over here, right? The, the thing that you were doing was the same, but the atmosphere was different, and the people were different, right? Let me, let me tell you something right now. The way that you love your wife, the way that you love your mom, and some of you young people in the room, please listen to me. The way that you love your mom and the atmosphere that you create in the home will really, really affect your life. Can I get an amen on that from the ladies? Is that right? Or am I just making this up? Am I talking? Just talk? Your, your wife could come in bouncing and smiling if she knows the place she's coming to is a, is a haven, is a wonderful refuge. Even though she's coming there to work hard, it's a wonderful place to be. It makes it a lot easier to work hard if you love the place that you're at. I know that. I know the guys that work for me know that. The places that I've worked, I know that. I've been doing some awful things before, but I didn't mind it so much because of the people, because of the atmosphere. Are you making a place of wonderful blessing? Or are you making it dreadful? Verse 29, any woman, uh, I'm sorry, many, oh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll skip one. 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. I, we were talking about the sermon, or not the sermon title, but the little message in the bulletin today, and, and uh, I told Heather, I was like, we were talking about what we are going to put in there, and we say, you know, we're going to celebrate wives today and praise them, or moms today and praise them, and and I was like, I don't know if you should put praise in there because you praise Jesus. We do praise Jesus. But at the end of the day, this says her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. You remember in Ephesians chapter 5 where it said, the husbands, love your wives as yourself? And this is, I don't want to go too far in this because I don't want to read too much into it, but Listen, at the end of the day, to love your wife and to praise her and honor her and love her and lift her up is to praise and honor and lift up Jesus. It is doing what God has called you to do. And when you do what God has called you to do, it is an honor to him and a praise to him. How many of us honor our wives and praise our wives and lift her up? In doing so, you are lifting up the name of Christ and you're saying, God, I believe you. I love you. I want to be right where you want me to be. I want to lift up your holy name. We're to be praising and honoring our wives, loving them. The question here is, are we rising up? Are we blessing? Are we praising? You know, as I was reading and preparing this sermon, and as I'm looking at all this stuff, and, and I'm, I'm asking myself all these questions, I'm realizing just how short I fall many times. 
come to the altar, and I'm, I'm asking the Lord, I'm saying, God, please help me, because it's really hard. Husbands, by not, isn't it hard to do that sometimes? It's so hard, because the same is true. I told you that wives, you know, we, they have so much on them, so much, so much, so much, so much, and I could, I could preach this sermon right the other angle, and I could say, wives, you need to be submitting to your husbands. Don't make his don't make his life extremely difficult. Receive those loves. Don't focus on everything negative that he does. Pick, and this is, listen, you can ask the people that I do marriage counseling with. One of the first things that we get to is I'll ask the wives, we're talking about the wives, and we talk both angles, and I say, how many good things can you find about him? And they can, you know, usually when they come to marriage counseling, they got a whole list of negatives. You know, he's an idiot, he stinks, you know, he poots, he, yeah, his feet, I mean, you know. The hair in his ears. I mean, she, you know, my hand's cramping. You still need how much you need. But when I ask, I say, well, what's the good things? Sometimes it's difficult. But what I tell them is this. If you can find one or two good things, and you can if you'll look. Find one or two good things, you'll, cha- you'll start to change all the negatives. Because if you continually focus on all the negatives, it just beats them down into a deeper hole. Same goes with the wives. Same goes with the wives. Guys, are you, are you continually lifting up, building up, uh, admonishing, admiring, rising up? Are you blessing them? Are you praising them? Are you lifting them up? Are you making your life easier by making their life easier? It goes back to that thing where we're hitting ourselves in the hand with a hammer going, why is my hand hurting? Why is my wife torn down? Because you keep tearing her down. Are you uplifting and honoring to your wife? Bible says in Proverbs 31, 29, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Many women have done excellently, excellently, but you surpass them all. At the end of the day, your wife should feel like the most precious and exalted woman on the face of the planet when she's with you. And every man starts to. Because at the end of the day, I think we get so focused, and what I was going to say a while ago, and I got sidetracked, what, what happens is, is that we get so focused on the things that are in our lives, the trials and the tribulations and the things we've got to worry about, and we've got this deadline to meet, and we've got that deadline to meet, and the boss is expecting this of us, and we've got this ball game, we've got that, and we've got this, and we've got that, and we've got this, and meantime, she's standing over here. You're too busy looking at your list of stuff to do. I'm too busy looking at my list of stuff to do that I forgot to take a moment and say, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I love you. Wrap my arms around her, love on her, lead her to a place of wonderful bliss. I'm looking over here, looking over here, looking over here. She's just losing sight of the, the love. You know, it happens all the time. You know, you see couples that... that you know, they're engaged and they get married and it's, yes! Woo! Year later. Ooh. What happened to the fire? What happened to the excitement? Well, let me tell you, and I need to move on. Let me tell you, what happens when you're dating? What happens when you're dating? When you're dating and you got that, like, sick kind of love going on, you're like, get away from me. When you're like, you know, you're calling each other all times of the night. What you doing? Nothing. What you doing? Nothing. 
I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you more. Right? You focused on one another. You loving one another. Now, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're sending Instagram, you know. Call me. Holla, you know. You calling all the time. What, what's, what's going on there? Time. Time. Tension. Focus. You know, you're all the time you focused on. You focused on, well, you get married, and then you're around them every single day. And you're like, I need a break. And so you do, you take a break, and then the break becomes two. He's like, no, nah, that wasn't me. I promise, babe. I didn't do that. <laughs> so you take a break, and then you take a longer break, and you take a longer break. And then what happens is you get so busy doing something else that you get to look at that gap, that gap, and that gap. And, and before you know it, it's really easy. Before you know it, you're a mile apart, and you're thinking, how did I even get here? But through Jesus, we can close that gap pretty quickly. Many women have done exceeding, many women have done uh, excellently, but you surpassed them all. Does your wife feel like she's the most precious woman on the face of the earth when she's with you? That's a good question. It's a question that I've been asking myself and a question that has really convicted my soul, and I need to change some things that I do, some things that I say, some, some obligations that I have. I need to do better. I need to do better. Verse 30 says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is de deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, I need to be careful on these verses, on this verse right here, because what I want you to hear out of these verses is that you don't need to be in this relationship because of the things that you've gained. Because I've told you in here that if you'll love your wife and if you'll lay down your life and if you'll sacrifice, then your life will be easier. Well, what you don't need to do is to say, I've got a goal of changing her, so this is what I'm going to do. You just need to love her. You just need to love her. And you don't need to love her because of certain aspects or qualities that she has. You just need to love her. I just need to love her. I need to love her in season and out of season. I need to love her in the morning and at night. I need to love her on the weekends and during the weekdays. I need to love her every minute of every day the same. Because what this is saying is, is that charm is the same and beauty is fleeting. Beauty is in vain. All that stuff's going to go away. You know, your wife and my wife is the most beautiful you know, person on the planet right now. And she will always be. So this is why I need to be real careful. But one day we all get old. One day, beauty shifts. It's not that they're not beautiful anymore, but that beauty shifts. And it's not, it's not the same. But we're not, we're not in a relationship because of that, right? So one day, she's not going to be very charming. You know, when you're in that love stage, you can do no wrong. I went to Burger King today. Oh, you're so sweet. I got you a red pen. Oh, that's amazing. I like red so much better than blue. But, but, you know, you can't even make a mistake, right? You can't even, you, I wrecked your car, it's okay. You can't even make a mistake. But there's times when I'm not very charming at all. And there are times that my wife's not very charming. There's, there's times that your wife isn't very charming. Does your love depend on the charming? Does your love depend on some type of outward beauty or some type of status, some type of 
monetary, sometimes, does it, we talked about this before, is it contractual or is it covenantal? Do you love your wife no matter what? The Bible says in verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is in vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Let me tell you right now, what you need to be concerned with is helping your wife get to a place of absolute fulfillment and utter commitment to Jesus Christ. A wife that is committed to Christ is hard to find. A wife that loves Jesus more than she loves you is hard to find. When you find her, love her. And if your wife doesn't love Christ, then your job as a husband is to love her into a relationship with Christ. We are to wash her with the water of the word and sanctify her. The last verse, and the guys want to come on up, we're going to have an invitation. The last verse says this, it says, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So we end here with a call to husbands to love your wives. To not withhold from her, to not knock her down, to not run over her, to not belittle her, to not keep her down, but to love her. To, to pour into her day in and day out. When you see something that needs to be praised, praise her for it. Love her for it. Lift her up for it. As she, as she does what God has called her to do, find ways to encourage her. Find ways, and not just buying things or saying things, but in the actions that you, that you are taking, in, in the steps that you are taking, find a way to tell her, look, I love you. I am thankful for you. I am building you up. And I am grateful that you are the mother of my children. I am grateful that you are my wife, and I would rather have no other. Ask your wife, how can I make you feel like the most special woman in the entire world? And, and wives, don't be afraid to, to tell your husband how to love you. Because remember, husbands are really dumb. And I'm not even kidding. They are. Some woman said amen somewhere. I'm not even, I'm really not even kidding. Like, your husband, and I told my wife this, I'm like, I don't, I don't really know. Like every man, raise your hand if you wish you knew exactly how to love your wife. All of you that didn't raise your hand, please come and see me after the service. It is so hard to know how, because y'all are so different from each other and day to day. <laughs> right? It's like hitting a moving target. But my wife knows I'm telling the truth, and men are like that sometimes too. At the end of the day, you know, don't be afraid. Let's talk. Let's communicate. How can I love you better? You know, how can I love you better? Wives, you can ask your husbands, what can I do to lift you up? What can we do to be a better team? How can we be more compatible? Because you know what? Life is, life is hard when you're doing it together. It's really impossible to do it alone. And then add on top of that, when you're not doing it together, usually it's because you're buttonheads. Husbands, you go home from here today and you love your wife to You honor her, you love her, you praise her. And I'll tell you, you say, this, this is the only service I've ever been to that wasn't extremely about Jesus, where the gospel wasn't presented. Well, let's all stand to our feet. I want to show you something. We cannot leave today without talking about Jesus, right? Can't. Matthew chapter 23, 
I think it's an extreme honor that Jesus, as he, as he describes himself and his love, he does it with the love of a mother. I've not seen many things in this world that's stronger than the love of a mother. And that's not an accident. God made it that way. You know, I love my kids, but man, my wife loves my kids. I see husbands and I see daddies love, but man, the love of a mommy is just it's something else. And when Jesus was talking to his people, and he was seeing them go astray as he was seeing them in pain and he was seeing them make the wrong decisions as he, as he wanted to relate to them how much he loved them he said in Matthew chapter 23 he said this he said oh Jerusalem Jerusalem the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are and stones those who are sent to it how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you would not. You see, many of us, many of you, you grew up and you didn't really know what it was like to have a mommy that was right there like that. You didn't really know what it was like to experience that love that was unconditional, that was never failing, that even in the hard times it was always there and it was overwhelming to you. And when you got hurt at school or when you skinned your knee or, or when, you, when you were bullied or when you were picked on or when you lost your boyfriend or your girlfriend or when you lost that pet or whatever it was and you ran up into mommy's arms and she just held you and she rocked you and you said, it's okay, baby. Here for you. I've got you. That ear that would always listen. And daddy, you know, he can be harsh sometimes and, and he can be like, you just need to suck it up. But mommy, no. Mommy's always, you know, my wife's always like, this is a time where you don't need to be disciplinary, but you need to be loving and listening. She sees that far before I do. Some of you never experienced that, but what Jesus is saying is that some of you are out there, you're just dangling. You feel like you're dangling on the end of a rope. You don't have anybody that you can reach out to. And you wish that your mommy was there to just grab you, that your mom was there to, to just grab you up in her arms and hold you and love you. Some of you have, have lost your moms. Some of you never knew your mom. Some of you have lost your mom. Some of you, your mom is out there somewhere, but she has not ever been your mom. And you're like, I don't really know what people talk about when they talk about the unconditional love of a mother. Let me tell you, that's what Jesus says. You see, Jesus Christ is the one that instilled that love in mothers. The only difference between him and a mom is that his is perfect. Jesus says that, oh, how I long to take you and gather you up under my wings to protect you, to keep you warm, to keep you safe and secure. You see, Jesus is here for you. Some of you moms in the room right now, you listen to this sermon, you said, I wish my husband was like that. I wish that my son was like that. I wish that I wish that I could experience some of those kind things from my husband, but my husband doesn't love Jesus. And he's a mean, hard man, but I'm committed to him because I love Jesus. Let me tell you something. Jesus is there for you. Jesus has that love that's eternal, that's perfect, that's steadfast. He is those arms that you can run into. 
He is that laughter that you can have in the midst of the storm. He is the exhale. As we open the altar this morning, I want to I want to thank you moms in the room. I want to thank you for sticking in there and hanging with us even when we've not been the smartest men in the world. I want to thank you mommies in the room for hanging with us. I know as a child, I put my mom through the ringer. And I know that I kept her up night after night and she wondered if I was going to come home even. And I want to thank her right now for sticking by me. I would not be the man that I am without her. I wouldn't be the man that I am without my wife. And I'm going to do better at showing it. Will you? Husbands, I expect to see you at the altar. Because this sermon right here was Jesus saying, have you been the husband that you need to be? And every one of us need to take a step. I'll be here praying for me. I'll be here praying for you. The altar is open to any man that wants to repent for how he's treated his wife. I'll be here repenting. I'm not too good for that. Will you? The altar is open for you moms as well. You want to pray that God will strengthen you to be better moms. If you want to pray for your husband, that he would be the husband that God calls him to be, I'll be here to pray for you. I'd be glad to. Praise God for Jesus, who loves us even more than our moms. If you want to experience the love of Christ today and you've never experienced it, the altar is most definitely open to you too. Come and experience it.